Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Whoever does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that anyone who is a murderer does not have eternal life remaining in him. The way we came to know love was that he laid down his life for us. So we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If someone who has worldly means sees a brother in need and refuses him compassion, how can the love of God remain in him? Children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord speaks of peace to his people. The Lord, the Lord speaks, speaks of, of peace, peace to, to his, his people. people. Will you not instead give us life? And shall not your people rejoice in you? Show us, O Lord, your kindness, and grant us your salvation. The Lord, the Lord speaks, speaks of peace, peace to, to his people. people. I will hear what God proclaims. The Lord, for he proclaims peace to his people and to his faithful ones and to those who put in him their hope. The Lord, the Lord speaks, speaks of, peace of peace to, to his, his people. people. Kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. The Lord speaks, speaks of, peace of peace to, to his, people. his people. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, it was I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, happy Labor Day, friends. We celebrate here in America this uh, great day honoring human labor that has contributed so much to peace, to freedom, to the ideals of our uh, self-governing republic, to really the implementation of the lessons in today's scriptures and in the life and example of Mother Teresa, that by our labor, by our work, by our human activity, we are able to serve and advance the kingdom of God and carry out the Lord's command to love one another. You know, the command to love one another in Scripture 
has nothing at all to do with sentiment and feelings. It has everything to do with doing. I read for you in the, from the first letter of John here, children let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. And uh, one of uh, my favorite translations of that verse is, uh, is let us love in deed and not just talk about it. So many people like to talk about it and so many people like to take the word love and just slap it on top of whatever it is they want to do. Love has a content and love demands action. Love always requires certain things and love always forbids certain things and it doesn't matter what the person thinks, feels, or believes. Love indeed has a content because it's based on who God is. God tells us to be truthful because He is truth. He tells us to respect life because He is life. God cannot change who He is and that's why the commandments on these fundamental things are unchanging. Unchanging. Unlike various old commands of the law that changed with time, what people could eat and what they were supposed to sacrifice and the ritual laws and the certain prohibitions on foods, those were all temporary requirements because they're not based on the very nature of God and the nature of humanity. But other things such as respect for life and, and uh, matters of human sexuality and the, the reality of the family and the demands of justice and the care for the poor, well, these things are rooted in the nature of God and the nature of human beings and these kinds of commandments don't change because God's nature and human nature don't change. Mother Teresa exemplifies all this. The love that does, the love that works, the love that leads to and is manifested in action. She founded the Missionaries of Charity, and they continue to do the work that she was so widely acclaimed for doing, literally picking up the poor and the abandoned and the dying. Love as I have loved you. Jesus went down. He was always in glory in heaven, but he came to share our nature, and he went down into the poverty into the lowliness, even appeared as a criminal, as a, slave, as a sinner, appeared to be crucified between two thieves as he was. He humbled himself. Well, Mother Teresa did that. All those who serve the poor do that. We go to them. She served them in such a way that led them to Jesus. She would be holding the sick and the dying and on one occasion and I'm sure it happened many times this man who was not a Christian said to her mother as she was taking care of him mother this Jesus that you speak of is he like you and she said no but I try to be like him in her action of love and service she manifested the Jesus who came from his throne in heaven to share our lowliness and was right by our side and is right by our side, serving us by transforming our suffering and death 
into the pathway to life eternal. Mother Teresa had not only a concern for the materially poor, she had an even deeper concern for the spiritually poor. And one of the stories I've always related from the time I spent with her in Calcutta shortly after becoming director of Priests for Life, we connected and and talked a lot about abortion and about the strategies of the pro-life movement. And she took me in those days, this was back in 1994, on a um, tour of some of the houses that she and her sisters operate in there in India. And one of these houses was for prostitutes that she took off the streets and brought them into this community so that they could learn to live more virtuously. And I remember her showing me, we went to the rooms where some of these women would stay and she was showing me these blankets that they had made with their own hands. And Mother Teresa had such an expression of joy on her face, gratitude, uh, admiration really for the good work that these sinful women were doing. Sure, look, Father, look, look. Look at the blankets that they made with their own hands. And she was, had such a, a simple and profound joy at the work that these women were doing. Now, that's not the caricature that the world makes out of us Christians and out of saints like Mother Teresa, trying to portray us as looking down on everybody and Rejecting and judging and condemning sinners. Look, Father, look at the beautiful blankets they made. These were prostitutes. The love that we are called to do, the love with which Jesus loved us, is able to transform sinners is able to see through the darkness and chaos of that sin a person made in the image and likeness of God to accent, emphasize, and call out that goodness so that the light of that goodness will drive away the darkness of that sin. This is how by her love for these women she was able to lead them to the path of virtue. Seeing beyond not only the appearances, but the real evil and the real sin that was there, but seeing beyond it and calling them to be the person God wants them to be. Now this she also did with women who were going to get abortions. She told me, as I had breakfast with her one day there in her mother house together with one of my associates, just the three of us, sitting there at breakfast and Mother Teresa telling me how she would go to the abortion facilities there in India, approach the women who were going in there for their appointments, take them by the arm and pull them away. And she said, come to us, to our community, 
and our sisters. We will help you and your baby. And this is what the church tries to do all through the years. Cardinal O'Connor, who ordained me and gave me permission to head up Priests for Life, was also a friend of Mother Teresa. And in those very same days, as I was visiting with her and consulting with her, he was announcing publicly how any woman in the sound of his voice, from any place, in any circumstance, in any circumstance, could come to him and to the New York Archdiocese if she's pregnant and in need and doesn't know what to do and doesn't have the resources to take care of that baby, that we would help her. We at Priests for Life have echoed the same thing. Mother Teresa herself said the same thing. She gave the prayer breakfast speech that same year I visited with her, 1994, she gave the prayer breakfast speech in February in Washington, D.C., when Bill Clinton and Al Gore were president and vice president. And she said there, give me the child. Anyone who feels she cannot have that baby, bring that baby to birth, give me the child, do not kill the child. She received the Nobel Peace Prize. And she said in that Nobel Peace Prize speech that the greatest destroyer of love and peace is abortion. It's a war on the child. But you see how she saw beyond the crisis, saw beyond the despair, saw beyond the sin, because the sin of abortion is committed before the procedure is done on the body. The sin of abortion is committed when the decision is made to go get that abortion. She saw beyond the, the sin and said, come, come to us. She saw the woman, the dignity of that mother and that child, and called forth her courage to say yes to life. Now, this ability to see beyond appearances, she also articulated and when she would speak about the Eucharist. And the Eucharist is all about what these readings say. This is how we came to know love, John said in today's first reading. This is how we came to know it. He laid down his life for us. Well, how do we see that? We see that in the Eucharist. We're not there at Calvary. We don't see him on the cross. Our crucifixes remind us of that. But what we see in reality, you want to see Jesus giving himself for us. We're about to see it right here. We see it in every Mass. This is my body given up for you. This is love. Jesus said, I, I, you're, not, you're not slaves, you're friends. And I am appointing you to go and bear fruit. What fruit? The fruit we see in Mother Teresa. And the fruit we see in labor. Because the work Mother Teresa did, she did with the same conviction that needs to inform our understanding of why Labor Day is a celebration. Because by work, whatever kind of work it is, and every kind of work done in the right way, spirit and in the right way, that is, as a way of service to our families, to, to our own growth, to the community, to the church, to the kingdom, is ennobling. It's part of human dignity. This is indeed what she shows and what we celebrate today in the many workers 
who have built this nation, who have built everything around us, the buildings that we utilize, the plumbers and the electricians and the construction workers and the drivers who have brought the supplies that we need and those who stock our shelves in the grocery stores and those who harvest the grain and those who do any one of the thousands of things that have to be done each day in order to allow us, in order to enable us to live. Nothing short of that. This is the service of life itself. We celebrate that. And in doing work, we're not just fulfilling a need. We're building up ourselves. We're exercising our strength. We're showing our service. And we are developing our skills. Work is so integrally part of human dignity. And Mother Teresa knew that, and her sisters knew that. And she would see beyond appearances. I remember coming back one day, back into the house where she was, and this, she was just gathering the sisters together for adoration of the Eucharist. And she ran over to me and said, oh, Father, Father, we want to adore Jesus now in the Blessed Sacrament. Expose the Blessed Sacrament for us. And she said, when you see that sacred host looks like bread, you see beyond and you say, my Lord and my God, you see Jesus there. She said, if you can do that, and brothers and sisters, that's what we will do right here at this Mass. Well, then you can look beyond the appearances of a fellow human being and see a brother, see a sister, see the image of God, see somebody created by God, somebody redeemed by Christ. He died for them, and you can love them. That's what she teaches us to do. Look beyond the appearances. See the Lord in that sick and dying person covered with filth on the streets of Calcutta. I couldn't believe my eyes when I was there with Mother Teresa in Calcutta for those days, back decades ago, and looking at the... the, the the filth and squalor all around me. She saw the dignity of the person in those circumstances. And so she said, we can see the dignity of the sick person lying in the hospital bed, even those unable to move, unable to talk. And we can see beyond appearances to the dignity of that child in the womb. And in her work, and in the work of all whose labor we celebrate today, physical labor, as well as intellectual labor, as well as personal labor, you know, being a mother, being a dad, raising a family, that's labor too, and that's a work of great holiness. We recall these words, again, that St. John tells us. If somebody has enough of this world's goods and ignores a brother and sister in need, how can God's love survive in that person? He turns it back to our own salvation. When you serve the needs of others in whatever work you do or in following the example of Mother Teresa, it's not just that you're fulfilling that person's needs. It's that you are nurturing your and saving your life with God, the life of God within you cannot survive if you are not responding to the needs of others. And if this is true in terms of giving somebody some medical help or some physical food, how much more is it true in terms of saving somebody's very life? 
If someone sees a brother in need and refuses him compassion, how can the love of God remain in him? Think of that in terms of the child in the womb. That child is in need, especially if that mother is transporting that child to an abortion facility for that child to be dismembered and decapitated and thrown away with the garbage. A brother in need, a sister in need, if we see them and we refuse them compassion, refuse them help, don't do anything, don't even speak up, don't vote for those who will protect them, how can God's love be flourishing in us, a love that gives life, a love that comes down, goes into our circumstances just as she did to help and to save them. May we have today a renewal of our convictions, a renewal of that love, that service, that pro-life dedication. Happy Labor Day, and St. Mother Teresa pray for us. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.